This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead, and this is Austin Real Estate Investing. Today, we have Stefan Cannon on. He's going to tell us all about his experience in investing in real estate in Austin, and also tell you how he helps real estate investors in Austin. So how's everything going today? Oh, everything's going good. Just at home today, had a little easy day today, um, but everything's going good. I can't complain. Business is still good, even in the midst of this uh, pandemic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think business for people like you and I is almost better right now than it was a few months ago. Absolutely. I agree. (laughs) It's kind of put a fire under those people who were on the fence about selling. And then it's just kind of increased our sales prices and and, uh, construction all around. Absolutely. Well, hey, Stefan, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself and and kind of what you do in Austin? Oh. Like you already mentioned, you've already introduced me. My name is Stefan Cannon. I'm the owner and operator of uh, two companies here in Austin. I own uh, Texas Home Buying Networks uh, for purchasing and remodeling properties. Uh, And then I also more recently uh, opened up a construction business. So uh, Lone Star Development and Consulting. Um, We work with new investors uh, as far as on the construction side and consulting uh, for new investors who don't know how to go through the process of doing a flip. So kind of like the gurus out there, except for that we're actually local and uh, we'll, we'll hold your hand through the whole process. <laughs> we don't get paid unless you, uh, unless you get paid type of thing. So That's awesome. That's a huge value add, man. I mean, I think so many people are trying to get into the game and that's something I do myself. So I help people get started. But, you know, unlike you, I don't know too much about the construction side. So you know, I know about real estate sales and I can help people there, but you know, that's why you got to have great people around to send them to, to help with construction. So that, that's how uh, Stefan and I got to know each other actually is he's doing a rehab project on a duplex of mine and looking great so far. It didn't look so great when we got started. It's kind of rough. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely rough. Uh, but you know, that's, that's, that's typical of Austin. You, you want to get those gyms and you want to polish them up and, uh, and like you said, construction is, you know, pretty much the only way you're going to make significant amount of money off of, uh, off your property that you're buying. You know, you can easily buy a property and maybe sell it for about $10,000 higher in a, in a month or so. But, uh, you know, after you factor in your closing costs, you kind of didn't really make anything. So construction is the number one guaranteed way to add value to your property and be able to get your money back out of it. And uh, right now, the construction market, the construction in Austin is, is there's not even a word for it. It's just, it's just, so, it's just so booming right now that um, people are just so busy. So uh, construction is definitely one of those things you got to be hands on about checking on them and making sure that things are getting done. And, um, you know, that's why you come to a guy like me to make sure, you know, things are being done right. Because, you know, whenever you're, a newer investor, you don't know what things look like. You know, you see what you see what's on TV, but that doesn't give you the reality of 
the actual how things actually look because you know they have editing software and touch-up software to make things look great on tv but in reality you know we, we're just stuck with our, our eyes <laughs> yeah absolutely so i everybody i talk to that's newer and the only way i've gotten great returns in austin is taking on bigger rehab projects and I think you, you said it right. You know, you can make a little bit of money by taking on a light project, maybe prettying it up just a little bit. But if you really want to make great returns in this market in Austin, Texas, you need to do bigger rehab. You know, you got to find those gyms, like you said, and polish them up and make them look great because there's absolutely a market for that. So I guess that exactly. gets me to my next question here, Stefan. What attracted you to real estate investing? So I know you've done a few flips and you help people invest themselves. Yeah, that's correct. So I'm kind of like a lot of uh, people who have jumped into real estate over the last couple of years. You know, I saw an opportunity to make great money and uh, and to get my time freedom back. Um, but what really got me interested in real estate was, you know, watching the flipping shows on HGTV. And, yeah. you know, me and my wife would always be watching thinking, man, that looks easy. Uh, I can do that. And then, you know, let, let me be the first to bust everybody's bubble. It's not like it is on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's definitely a, a, a harsher reality as far as uh, things on TV. You know, on TV, they have supplemented incomes and supplemented reconstruction budgets. And, you know, the TV shows are paying for the rehabs of the properties and stuff. So, um, you know, they're not they're not they're not having to pay for interest on on the money that they're borrowing and uh, all that like that. So those those are things you have to factor in whenever you're looking at a rehab. You know, how much is this going to cost me to get a loan to, um, to rehab this property? And then after I calculate this cost, is it even really worth it to remodel this property now? And so uh, I think that's a lot of things that people miss out on, especially from watching TV. They just, they just put it to you as plainly as possible. So everybody understands it, but you know, people make the leap and then they're kind of left holding the back because they don't know what to do from there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen lots of hard money at 15% or more, and that's expensive every month to hold that for even for six months to finish your project. If you're not experienced and you can't get it done in a month or two, it costs you a lot of money, and that doesn't work. Exactly, and and that's literally thousands of dollars out of your pocket that you could have been making off of your, your flip if you had uh, the knowledge and experience to get it done quickly. 100%. So, you know, you talked about that uh, on TV, sometimes things aren't as they seem. Flipping isn't as easy as it looks. And that kind of leads me to my next question is, I like to ask people to tell me about their worst deal. I, I hear all the time about all the great deals you've had, but as you said, real estate investing is hard and flipping is hard and things happen. So what's mm -hmm. your worst deal or maybe a deal you've had where things didn't quite go as you thought? Yeah, exactly. I was just going to, I was just going to say, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I've had a bad deal. Mm -hmm. I've just, I've just more had bad experiences with people and projects. Um, so I'd, I'd probably say my worst, my worst experience, um, would be on, Oh, actually it was just one of my first projects. Uh, you know, I partnered with a realtor, um, and it just kind of, got out of control like her boyfriend was a contractor at the time and um you know he was doing work for us and then i don't know they broke up and then it, you know all hell just kind of broke loose and uh things were getting delayed she had paid him money up front for things that weren't done uh, and then he didn't want to come back and do them so 
uh, you know, it was, it was a real valuable experience. So in anything in life, you're going to pay, you're going to pay for experience with either time or money. So, uh, (laughs) you know, there's, there's no getting around it. No matter what you do in life, you're either going to be paying for it in time or money. Um, and so on that one, I ended up paying with time and money. Uh, but you know, we didn't take a huge loss or anything. It's just, it was more than anything, a valuable learning experience of how to structure partnerships better, uh, to define everything. And then, you know, for her failure to perform, uh, what should have, what the penalty should have been, um, and things along those lines. So now I know I have the blueprint all laid out for anybody who, who wants the blueprint of how to do a joint venture with someone or how to, uh, you know, on the same note, how to manage a contractor, because that's the, the biggest point you're going to lose money on. You know, if you have someone who said they're going to come on Tuesday and they don't come till Thursday, then, you know, that's two days lost right there that, that you're paying interest on, you know, on average, you know, if you're paying 10% interest on a project, you know, that could be anywhere from, you know, $70 to $140 a day. So that's not a, a small amount. Some people don't make that, you know, on their regular job. So, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So uh, actually, perfect segue into my next question here. What's one thing newer investors should know or that you would like people to know before they even get started or start thinking about it? Ah, Man, there's so many things that new investors should know. Uh, But if I had to boil it down to just one thing, I would say um, the biggest misconception is there are there's no such thing as a no money out of your pocket deal, especially not on your first deal, uh, unless you're getting it like, unless you're getting it like at an unbelievable price. Um, but even then it's, it's still kind of far and few between like, that might be like a once in a 10 year type of deal situation. It's usually not your first deal because you're inexperienced. You just got your first contract and, uh, you're not going to know how to negotiate it properly to, to, to make sure that you're getting the best deal. Um, I would say that's probably my, my biggest nugget, first nugget, if I had to boil it down to one thing, was just you're gonna you're gonna spend a lot of money on on getting your first property, uh, unless you're doing like a traditional mortgage, uh, even which in that case you know you still have to pay your closing costs and your your down payment. So you there's almost not gonna be any instances where you're walking into a deal with no money out of your pocket. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. Um, you know, we talked a lot about house hacking. In fact, what I'm doing in that duplex that you're working on. I put 12,500 down to buy it. And, you know, of course I'm spending more to fix it up. So yeah, that, that would be what you'd call a low down deal, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be 12,500 in the end. And, and I knew that going in. So exactly to make it a great yeah, deal. And I think that's the, the biggest misconception. Exactly. I think the biggest misconception, especially with the TV shows and now all the guru, you know, there's a, there's internet gurus, internet real estate investing gurus, you know, a dime a dozen. And their number one thing that they're always offering to people is do deals with no money out of your pocket. Uh, and he was like, pay us, you know, $199 a month. And we'll teach you how to do, you know, zero down deals. And it, it just doesn't work that way. I mean, there's, there's loopholes to get around it where you get your money back and you don't, let me say a, a bigger, better way to put it. You know, there's ways to mitigate your down payment and get money back at closing uh, whenever you buy a property. But no matter what, you're still going to have to front the money for the acquisition of the property. 
whether that being paying points to your lender or um you know closing costs either way there's going to be there's going to be one of those factors that's going to be a few thousand anywhere from a few thousand dollars to dozens of thousands of dollars you know 10 20 30 40 thousand dollars uh down payments you know uh lenders kind of really tightened up whenever COVID hit and you know most lenders were wanting 20 percent down and you know you're thinking about a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage that's you know forty thousand dollars out of your pocket that you got to put down just to buy the property not including your rehab so um, yeah it, it can get real cost restrictive whenever you're really looking at um acquiring a property and then another thing i would say <laughs> you know although i know i know it's more than one thing now but another yeah. thing that i would say for newer investors is don't quit your day job unless you have literally hundreds of thousands of dollars in your bank account that you can access quickly do not quit your day job because your first deal you know like you said it could take you six months before you even finish finish the project and get it sold so that's six months of no income of all money just going out not coming in so don't quit your day job until you've gotten a good stream of properties and got a good understanding of how um this industry works because you know a few months without without any income is literally the difference between people losing their houses and not feeding their families uh than walking away with a big profit you know the way I think people should walk into real estate at first, whenever they're first starting out, is that to supplement their income. Sure. Uh, uh, meaning, you know, work your day job, work your nine to five, you know, hire someone like me or, you know, even just a general contractor that you can work with to uh, remodel your properties. Go check on them every day after work or uh, once a week, whatever your schedule allows you to. But don't quit your job until you've done a couple flips. And you know how the industry works, um, because once you quit your job, then all the pressure's on to. It's one of those things. It's like uh, when you don't want it, you feel like everything is coming at you, and then when you want it badly, it's like everything dries up, and it's not as um, abundant as you thought it was. Because uh, I'll tell you, you know, whenever I quit my job, you know, I ha I had like three projects going on at at one time, uh, and you know, in real estate you make money off of your next deal. You know, if you don't have another deal lined up, if you don't have another deal lined up, then you're not going to uh, keep that, keep that growth going. Uh, Cause you know, realistically, you know, starting out, you're probably going to do one or two deals a year. Um, and then the more you grow, you're going to uh, do you know, more and more, three, four deals a year, five, six deals a year, so on and so forth, once you understand how everything works. Um, so you just want to make sure that every, all your ducks are lined up and um, everything's available for you because I swear, I felt like I was getting a, a call or email every day from people, I have a house to sell you. And um, whenever I was still working and I felt like I was running out of time, um, like I didn't have enough time in the day to go look at all these properties that I was getting or getting sent to me and doing the research on them. So deals were literally just passing me by. Um, and then, you know, once I quit my job, you know, I was still having people call me and, and wanting me to look at their properties. It's just now that I have the time to actually do the research, you know, and I'm looking at these deals, I'm like, Hey, these deals aren't so great. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> you know, th they are deals, but they're not so great in the sense of, uh, you know, I can make a good return on these 
for the time that I'm going to be investing in these. Because, you know, when you think about it, you know, you're quitting your career. So now you have to pay for self-insurance. I mean, uh, self-employment taxes. Then you got to pay for, um, you know, health insurance out of pocket and things like that. Um, so now you have to understand that um, that all these deals that you're looking at, they're not as profitable as wholesalers claim them to be and uh, as, as what you need. You know, 15, 15, 20 grand is nice. Like that's a good amount if you have regular income coming in. But when you're thinking about six months to make $15,000, that's, you know, that's literally what, $3,000 a month. That's, yeah. that's, that's barely some people's salary. So to, to keep it scalable and on a business front, you know, $3,000 a month goes away quickly whenever you have to pay for marketing, when you have to pay for your own insurance, when you have to pay for, uh, you know, your gas to get around to all these projects that you're going to go look around. So, um, that would be another thing I would say that people need to be aware of is just, unless you have hundreds of thousands of dollars in your bank account that you can access quickly, don't, don't bother you quitting your job until after you've done a couple properties, um, and get that amount in your, in your bank account. Awesome. That's great advice. Um, yeah, I absolutely think that it's much easier to start when you have other income coming in. You don't have to worry about, you know, the flipping or the buy and hold rentals to support you completely because you're going to get desperate and it's just easier to have, have that safety blanket. So exactly. And uh, just offer your tip of getting desperate. That's where we run it. You know, in our industry, we have a, you know, we love the motivated sellers and that's what makes you a motivated seller. If you don't have any money and you need money immediately. Uh, so, you know, something that you could have easily sold for a high amount. Now you have to set it a lower amount to get it sold quicker. Um, so again, that cuts into your profit, um, of what you could have made because you didn't plan correctly on, uh, how you're going to execute your flip. Absolutely. Well, that's great advice. So what's your best mindset advice, Stefan? So I know with, let's say with flipping or construction, things just go wrong. You know, it's almost the rules. If, if, if it can go wrong, it probably is going to go wrong. So how do you yes. keep a good mindset and just keep positive? Um, you know, the, the one thing that you have to realize in real estate, like you said, things are going to go wrong no matter what. <clears throat> it doesn't matter who you're dealing with or what you're dealing with. Things are going to go wrong. Uh, if they, if there's an opportunity for them to go wrong, the most, most important mindset to have, uh, is to have like a strong will and a no quit attitude. Uh, it's kind of a requirement in the real estate industry, uh, whether you're on the investment side or on the traditional retail side, uh, you've got to have thick skin, uh, if you're going to be in this industry, because you're going to run into a lot of people who just flat out tell you no. And so if you're one of those people who get discouraged when someone tells you no, Real estate's probably not your industry uh, unless you have a, a, a tolerance to where you can accept it and move on and, and move on to the next person who's going to tell you no, because you're going to get a lot of people who say no, and you're going to get a lot of people who even say ugly things to you. And uh, you just can't take it personal, especially in real estate. Uh, I can't tell you how many times, man, I've, uh, I've sent out mailers or I've knocked up door knocked and then, you know, I get people, man, you're the scum of the earth. You're ruining you're ruining Austin by making properties pretty for people, other people to move in from out of state and, or you're ruining our community by raising the prices in the neighborhood. Uh, you know, and my, my reply always to that is like, I understand. I was like, but this is happening whether I'm doing it or not. So 
you know, this is the industry that I've chosen to be in. Um, and so you just gotta, you gotta be able to take those, those harsh comments and keep on trucking and not let it affect how you, uh, work because that you're going to get more naysayers than you get yaysayers. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're, you know, in Austin in the, what used to be the more affordable neighborhoods, I'm sure people don't really like hearing from you wanting to buy their house and make it nice and expensive. So I get that. Exactly. And so, so you know, I, I was born and raised in Austin. So I, I was born and raised in East Austin. So, you know, thinking back to even just 10 years ago, you know, you could easily find houses for 50, 60, $70,000. Um, we had, we had a house built in 92 in nine, 1993, uh, my mom's house, and I think brand new, like ha- having it built in the lot price, I think, um, I think we're all in like around like $72,000. Oh. And not only that, but like, yeah, but not only that, but Austin, like the city of Austin, like funded the whole project. Like we didn't have to pay any money down and uh, Austin built the, and provided the mortgage for the property and like everything. So Austin wasn't, you know, we're not too far off from when Austin wasn't a, a very desire, desirable city to be in. And uh, of course, you know, we had some people who had vision and, and changed the way that Austin was viewed. And, you know, we have a lot of activities to do here and those activities have always been here. It's just no one ever utilized them. So, you know, I guess, uh, I guess Austin got a good PR guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's for to, sure. <laughs> to say out all the stuff in Austin. <laughs> about half or more of the calls I get on a daily basis as a real estate agent are people not in Austin that have heard about it and either been here for work or just heard things about how great it is and they want to invest here and, and ride the wave. Exactly. And you know, whenever you're picking up like a price, a price point, like compared to California, we're literally like five times cheaper mm-hmm. uh, for the houses. You know, someone in California can easily sell their house and come buy five houses here in Austin, live in one and just, live off the residual of flipping four houses at a time every year, you know? Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's really attractive to people whenever they know that they can get, they can get the same style house with, you know, a bigger house with more luxurious things inside of it and, you know, more bathrooms, more updated, you know, brand, sometimes even brand new and uh, have money in their pocket to do whatever they need to do with. So that's why you get a lot of these people out here, you know, I don't want to say they seem rich, but um, you got people who have money because, um, you know, they, they literally have money from selling a property and they can buy a $500,000 house and have $500,000 just sitting in the pocket still and, and just live off the, like you said, ride the wave, just living off of that. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, that's a good point because you can also do that buying in Austin. That's part of what I, I've done is bought places that need to be fixed up and hold them for a few years and then take that money and put it somewhere else, lower price. So same thing that people are doing from say California or New York city, moving to Austin, you can do that mm-hmm. Austin moving out to let's say Bastrop outside of Austin. Exactly. So. Exactly. You definitely got to have vision in real estate. You got to have the vision to, to apply your money and, know how to get a good return on it. You know, it's just like anything else in business you want. If it doesn't make dollar, if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make dollars. So uh, you want to make sure that it makes sense and uh, you're getting the best return that you possibly can. Um, 
out of your money because money is money is hard to come, but it's easy to go. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, I tell my I tell my sellers all the time whenever I'm buying. You know, I buy like a lot of properties from inherited properties from people, and um, you know, I tell them I say it literally took a lifetime for someone to to give you this money. So don't just squander it. Uh, you know, I'll, they don't ask me for advice, but I always give them my advice anyway. Uh, you know, if they, if they give me a hard no, like I don't want to hear it, then I won't tell them. But, you know, I tell them, you know, don't go out, you know, don't sell this house. Don't go buy, don't go buy a brand new car cash. Don't go buy a dozen TVs. Don't go, you know, just pay your bets that you need to pay off and uh, reinvest your money because it literally took your mom her whole life to, to make this house what it is to where, it's, you know, the money is getting left to you. Um, or even on the flip side for people whose house it actually is, you know, it took them 30 years to gain that much equity in their house to, to walk away with, you know, $300,000 after selling their house. That's not a, it's not a small amount of money, but it goes very quickly. Oh yeah. Car, you can buy a brand new car, what, $50,000. Now you're left with two fifty. You go buy another house. Now you're left with none, you know? So now you're back right in the same situation that you were. You didn't have no money, but now you just have a different house. <laughs> So I always tell them to reinvest their money, no matter what, what they're going to do with it, whether it's stocks, bonds, more real estate, anything like that. Just as long as they're getting a return off of their money, then, then they should be happy. Absolutely. So what's your favorite business or mindset book, Stefan? I don't really have a favorite, you know, I kind of, I'm kind of one of those guys who, who takes, um, who takes like tad bits of, of everything from everywhere. Oh, sure. Uh, I don't focus. I don't focus just on like one. I like to keep myself adaptive uh, in the sense of I don't focus on one mainstream uh, ideology because you know there's always going to be someone who's on top. You know, like it was you know rich dad, poor dad at first, and then Dave Ramsey. Um, and so I try to take the best pieces of from everybody. And even from just like on the traditional real estate side, you know, uh, there's a guy, uh, Josh Altman. He's on, he's on a TV show. Um, he's on a real estate selling show. I think it's called like selling Los Angeles or something like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's just tad bits of information that you can get from anybody you talk to who's been in the industry, even unsuccessful people. Um, they have things to offer because you can learn why they were unsuccessful. I mean, when it comes down to being successful and not successful, it really boils down to, you know, how much effort did you put into it? Were you consistent in your effort that you were putting in? You know, it doesn't matter if I send out $10,000 in marketing every month, you know, and I get a thousand calls. If I don't return those thousand calls, I'm not being effective in the sense of I'm not utilizing my full potential that I could out of, the money that I'm spending. Um, so even people who quit real estate, I, I've, I've run into a lot of people who quit real estate because they can't be successful in it. And I'm always like, why did you fail? And they're like, it was just too hard. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't manage the time properly or I didn't have enough people calling me or uh, I didn't have money to buy real estate or whatever the case may be. There's always those tad bits of nuggets that you can get from the person to understand why they failed so it can help you succeed. 
Absolutely. No, that's exactly why I ask on this show, tell us about your worst deal, because I think you can learn just as much from somebody's bad deal as their good deal, if not more. You know, I want to exactly. learn what somebody did wrong so I don't lose money. You know, the number one purpose of investing is to, to be a good steward of your money and not lose anything. And if you can learn not how to lose it, then you can learn how to make it too. Exactly. So the, the exactly the simplest way to the, the simplest way to say it is nothing that we're doing is brand new. Everything that we're doing right now, someone else has done already. They've succeeded and failed in at what we're doing at right now. Uh, no matter what it is that we're doing. And so learning from those people's past helps us understand how to move forward in the future. Because again, like you said, with this industry, the goal is to not lose money. You want to multiply your money. Um, and so like same thing can be said, like on tax advice and, uh, you know, on tax advices and how to multiply your money and how to uh, acquire more properties. Like you said, like you, you're doing house hacking, which is a great way to, to, to break into real estate because you can have half, half the house for yourself and half the house, someone else paying your mortgage for you. Um, so there's too many ways that things can go right. And there's too many ways that things can go wrong at the same time. So talking to people uh, is the number one way to help avoid the same problems. Cause there are some people who just like to learn on their own. I'm one of those people who, who learn by doing, but I also talk to people to understand what not to do. Uh, because I know some, there's someone out there who's already gone through it, you know, whether it be grandpa or dad or, you know, older brother, there's someone out there. And that's why, that's why I'm so big on doing real estate networking groups is because I talk to other people, you know, I talk to the agents, I talk to the other investors. Uh, I talk to the people, the, the new construction builders, you know, there's, there's information out there. You just got to be willing to open yourself up to it. Also, if you're not a people person, real estate definitely isn't your, <laughs> real estate definitely isn't your uh, forte. Because uh, no matter what, you can't avoid dealing with people. You're going to have to deal with your contractor. You're going to have to deal with a real estate agent. You're going to have to deal with uh, lenders. You're going to have to deal with uh, title people. There's just, there's too many people that, that you're going to have to deal with just to close one transaction. Uh, so if you're not a people person, real estate is definitely not your go-to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely a people business. And yeah, you did mention two great books there. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is probably the one that most people get started with. and then mm-hmm. Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover is a great book. Mm-hmm. If, you're having, if you're having trouble saving money or you're having trouble dealing with debt, he's, he's got a lot mm-hmm. of great advice there. Yeah, and then once you, once you, um, once people get further along, I guess, in their career or like done a flip or two, uh, there's another book. It's called Pay Yourself First. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, you, have, you, have you heard of that book there? Yeah, Pro- Profit First, maybe? Yeah, yeah, Profit First. So, That's a great um, book. Uh, you know, essentially, you know, don't sell yourself short and um, making sure that, you know, discounts are fine. You know, it's just, they got to be, they got to still fit within your, um, within your business model to make it. Cause you know, if you're giving discounts on every project, you're really just operating a low, a low income business really. Cause yeah. you're never going to, you're never going to get to the point where you can start scaling because you're always, you know, if you're at a 15% profit margin from, from where, what your business model is, and then you start offering discounts and then you're, now you're at 10%. Now that's essentially 5% income that you've cut yourself short. And so now you can't reinvest that to, you know, 
move yourself along to hire more people or um, to reinvest into some other aspect of your business. Uh, now you're just kind of selling yourself short and, and you get kind of constricted to where you are and stuck where you are. Yeah, it absolutely can be a rat race. If you're not making any profit, you really get stuck in just working in the business, not on it, but just working yeah. in it all the time. So Stefan, exactly. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and exactly like you said, it, it, you kind of get stuck in a rat race and you become an employee again versus, you know, a business owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, another aspect of investing is to, to get you time freedom. So, um, you know, you want to get a team eventually because, you know, whenever you're making a call, whenever you're calling people, that's time taken away from you not being able to go check on your projects. Uh, or if you're out checking your projects, vice versa, that leaves you less time to call people. Whereas if you, if you're growing your business properly, then you can hire someone to go check on your business, or you can hire someone to make those phone calls for you. So you can focus on gathering more new business. And then that way you can continue to grow. And then you have a team, you have someone who manages phone calls. You have someone who manages projects. You have someone who manages closings. So it essentially, whenever you're building your business, you're kind of, when you first start off, you're the jack of all trades. You're doing literally everything. Mm-hmm. So as you grow, the point is to alleviate those, eliminate those things that you're doing. So if you have five things in your business that you have to do every day, you know, you know, every year, whatever the timeline that you set every year, you want to eliminate one of those things. Okay. So last year I had to do five things next year. I want to be able to do only four things and so on and so forth to eventually you're not doing anything. You're just, you know, writing the checks and uh, making sure, you know, you're having your weekly meetings or whatever it is to check in with your team. But eventually you want to be able to not have to do as much so you can focus on getting more business and growing the business larger and bringing more people along with you. Absolutely. And there's a great book that talks about focusing on one thing called the one thing, you know, so you really want to get down to where you have a, a just a very narrow focus and only focus on those things. Whereas you were talking about when you start in real estate investing, you're doing everything. You might be swinging the hammer and making all the phone calls and going and looking at new projects, checking up on old projects. It's a lot. And it's hard to make a lot of progress when you're being pulled in all these different directions. But if you just have one thing to do every day, you just hammer it hard on that one thing and your business can grow tremendously. Exactly. And, and, um, a simpler way to put it, especially for newer people, most people are going to get started in wholesaling. Mm-hmm. So, an easy way to put it, you know, the average deal in Austin, you know, average wholesale deal is going to get you about, you know, $5,000 to $7,500 per deal. So, if you think about it that way, every, every phone call that you get is worth from a seller is worth $5,000. So let's just say $5,000 at minimum. Every phone call that you get is worth $5,000. So if you're out on a project and you're swinging a hammer and you miss a call, so you just miss $5,000. If you're getting, if you're getting five calls a day from sellers or five calls a week and you miss all five of those calls, that's $25,000 a week that you've just lost because you're focused on doing something else. And uh, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing when you're starting off, but I'm saying as you get grow into your business, you want to be available to take those calls and go out to go see these new properties because time is of the essence, especially in Austin. Um, 
time is of the essence. You have to think about it. There's literally hundreds of investors in Austin, if not thousands of investors in Austin. So if you didn't pick up the phone call when they call, guess what they're doing? They're calling someone else who sent them a postcard. And if that person's available to come out that day, more than likely they're going to be the one to get that contract because they were available uh, to satisfy that owner's need that day. Everything is, uh, you know, on demand as it were right now. Everybody wants everything instantly. Nobody wants to want, wait a week or two for an offer to come in. They want it. What can you give me right here, right now? And if that's acceptable, they'll take it. And if not, they're going to move on and, and call another guy who's going to come in. So, uh, you know, to my point of what I was saying earlier, you want to make sure that you're limiting the items that you're taking care of because every aspect you're losing money in. Um, you know, that's just a simple way to put it as far as phone calls. You know, $5,000 a phone call is, you know, I'm going to answer every, you know, in reality, if we all have the option to answer the phone and make $5,000 on every call that we've gotten, everybody's going to pick up that phone. Like if I, if I just offered you five grand, Hey, I'm getting 10 calls today. I need you to answer all 10 calls and I'm going to pay you five grand for each call. You're going to make sure that you're available all day to take those calls. <laughs> oh yeah. No matter what's going on, you're going to answer your phone. If you have a crying baby in your hand, you just got in a car wreck whatever, you're going to answer that call because you want that five grand. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, and I so, that, so that just goes to like, you know, you got to make sure you prioritize uh, how you're handling your business and, and what's being involved in your business. All right. I think that's great advice. So Stefan, if people want to talk to you more or have you come look at a project for them, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, they can take a look at our Facebook page. Uh, we're at Texas Home Buying Network on Facebook. Uh, they can reach us by email or they can reach us on our phone, uh, which is uh, 512-379-7206. Um, you know, we, we take calls and, you know, if we don't answer, please leave a voicemail. You know, we do have things that we're doing, so we'll make sure that we get back to you as soon as we can. And we'd love to help you on your projects. And, you know, even even if not helping, you know, we can do partnering. We can do there's so many ways that we can be a value add to you and uh, whether it's just even be a five minute phone call just for advice. If you're like, Hey, I have this deal. I don't know if it's a good deal. Uh, you know, I can help with running comps and um, things along those lines. So you can make sure that you're actually buying something that's going to be worth your time to buy. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, you've got so much you can add to people from so many different avenues. And if you're looking into flipping, or even remodeling buy and hold projects, reaching out to Stefan can be a huge value add. Um, you know, he jumped on mine right away and got me a bid and, and got to work very quickly. So, you know, the time is money and having somebody that's responsive really helps. So exactly. Stephon, oh, go ahead. Uh, on that, on that note, I just want to say there's nothing worse than having a, a, a unresponsive contractor, especially whenever you've paid money to, to, to have them start on a job. There's nothing worse than, you know, showing up to the project and being like, Hey, why haven't you guys started? I just paid you your deposit. You said you're going to be here Monday. It's Wednesday now. So having someone who communicates with you is very important. Um, especially like on the contractor side, because there's nothing, you know, like I said, this is your money. It, money is money is hard to get back after you, after you've given it away. Uh, you know, even if you take them to court and sue, even if you win the case, you can win a judgment all day, but they can't force, they can't force someone to pay. Uh, you know, on, on that side, there's no, 
there's no uh, it's not like the IRS where they can do wage garnishment and things like that when it comes to uh, uh, winning a lawsuit. It's just they'll they'll pay if they want to pay type of thing. <laughs> yeah. So having some so having someone responsive is very important. You know? If you you know if you can call them at a reasonable time, like if you call them anytime during the day and they answer, that's good. You know, if you're calling them at eight o'clock at night, you know, don't expect them to answer. But if you're calling someone like within reasonable business hours, or even if they don't answer and you give them a message and they call you back within the next day, I'd say that's a pretty fair uh, response time, depending on what's going on. Uh, and even texting is even big now because uh, texting is sometimes even better because you get better there's no he stay, she stay type of things when it comes to disputes. Uh, oh, yeah. But having someone you could text with or call with and hop on the phone with easily is always important. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, Stefan, I like to ask people because we have so many great restaurants here in Austin and you know, people listening to this podcast are either in Austin or maybe in Austin sometime soon. What's your favorite restaurant in Austin? Uh, one of my favorite restaurants, uh, it's, a, it's the Austin, it's the Austin, uh, local restaurant. It's not a huge chain. Uh, it's Amaya's taco village. <laughs> they have two locations here in Austin. They have one in South Austin and one right in, uh, central East Austin by the Mueller development. And it's really good Tex-Mex. They have really good fajitas. They have really good menudo. Uh, some people don't like menudo, but I love menudo, especially on a, on a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, they have really good breakfast. They, they they hit all the notes. You know, you could eat there several times a week and not get bored of their foods. So Amaya's Taco Village is my is my uh, favorite spot. Absolutely, yeah. It's very hard around here to find bad food. Almost, you know. So we we've just exactly. got it good with so many great restaurants, and I love to ask people and hear about their favorite. So you know, maybe yeah, and I, I think we'll try it. Exactly, yeah. And I think last year. Uh, Austin was like rated like the number one taco loving place in America. Like tacos is, you know, tacos kind of define Austin right now. And Amaya's has really great fajitas and uh, tacos just in general, like puffy tacos, crunchy tacos, uh, soft tacos, whatever kind of tacos you want, they got them there. Um, the same thing with any type of, you know, Tex-Mex, you know, whether that be pork or beef or, you know, you just want some rice and beans, you know, you just go over there and get it. <laughs> hey, thank you. We'll have to try it out. All right, Stefan, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, again, we will make sure Stefan's website's up here so you guys can go grab it. It's Texas Home Buying Network, correct, Stefan? That is correct. All and right. We're, uh, and, we're, and we're currently revamping our site to kind of accommodate our consulting and um, our consulting and uh, remodeling side of the business. So we're kind of redoing our website right now. But uh, like I said, you can reach us on our Facebook page uh, and we're going to have that up. That's already active and we're going to be adding a new one here pretty soon and uh, making it more easier to get a hold of us and uh, see, see some of our past projects and things that we're currently working on and things along that line. All right. Well, thank you so much, Stefan, and you have a great day. Thank you for coming on here again. That's Texas Home Buying Network, and we hope everybody had a great time today and learned a lot. Thank you. You have a great day. Thank you. You too.